0: Hey there, nursing community. Welcome back to Two Male Nurses. Two
1: male nurses. It's two male nurses we're back, and we're
0: talking some stuff today. Dude, this podcast, this specific one, is going to have a lot of pressure. (laughs) I'm feeling
1: the pressure. High pressure situation. A rough amount of millimeters of mercury,
0: if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, or possibly a low pressure situation. (laughs) True. True. We're talking blood pressure. Stay tuned. Hey, we're back with this amazing episode that is going to change the way you look at your patient's blood pressure. A very important vital sign that whenever it's dropping, we're running in there with our bag of Levo or Epi, maybe VASO or Neo, now that we know how to use it, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, it's one of those, it's, it's one of those vital signs you always talk about in report. I would say we definitely give it a a lot of weight in general. We, like, really talk about it. It, There's so many things. It depends on the other vital signs. And pulse ox, too –
0: as far as airway breathing circulation but it's definitely I mean, it's third circulation exactly you know? so it's a very important vital sign that they'll everyone report like oh yeah they've been running in the 90s that's their norm or whatever or like yeah actually they've been a little bit on the high side we're on a night pride now whatever blood pressure this blood pressure that how are their pressures how are their pressures doing right. yeah so super important concept that we didn't get a lot of education on besides saying like hey we want it you know 100 systolic 140 with systolic we're looking pretty good that's about it uh, but nursing school really didn't go yeah. very deep into the
1: Says like if they move their arm around, yeah, it'll make your it. number bad. Right, right. It'll make, it, then, bad. Yeah, it'll make it bad. Yeah, <laughs> make You know, <laughs> and then that's it. You just do like okay, dude. There's you're... something about like a corticoff
0: sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. don't we talk about corticoff sounds? Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah no, totally. Yeah. So, oh well, yeah. Yeah, we just didn't learn a whole lot about it, but understanding how it's measured. And all that will really help you to be able to take really good care of your patient and understand how it works. Yeah, somebody like – do you know how – how does the blood pressure work? It's like – yeah. Well, there's a systole (laughs) – over – divided by a diastolic, and that gives you your map, right? Right, right. Like, no, what? No, that's not (laughs) – No, just like
1: the pressure in – I think it's just the
0: pressure of the blood? Right, or perhaps – yeah. I mean, the first one's the systole of the – we don't know. We don't know. We don't,
1: Stop asking so many yeah, questions. It matter, right?
0: Yeah. And maybe we're shooting over our, our pay grade here, but we're going to dive into this and hopefully bring some very interesting facts on the blood pressure. What and, it is, yeah. how it works, how the machine works,
1: and just kind of we're going to touch on
0: it. Yeah, maybe since we've been talking about it for two minutes now, maybe we <laughs> just don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, right. tell them about the numbers. Okay, so you got yeah.
1: three numbers.
0: Yeah, so you um, you got your three numbers, which is going to be your systolic yep. pressure, your diastolic pressure, and then your MAP, nice. the map, the map, I'm the map, I know uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mean arterial pressure. Very, very important number that a lot of people put a lot of weight in, even over systole, or systolic, over diastolic. They want to know what their map is. Right. And uh, you,
1: th- how many times you hear a doctor, you're like, oh, Hey, hey, doctor, well, uh, uh, this systolic, it's in the, this in the eighties uh, and it wasn't the hundreds, but now it's in the eighties. Uh, oh, what's their map? Oh, their map is 70. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, I've got to get back to my golf game. You know, they don't <laughs> care. They, oh, the map is fine. They don't care. And I, I, I did wonder why. Yeah. I always wondered why. Never knew. Why is Dude. the map?
0: Why do they give the map the most weight? <laughs> Dude, or when you're down in the ER, you're calling report to the CVICU. Oh. You got everything. Their ET2 size number, all that jazz. They say, I got one question for you. Yeah. What's the map? Yeah. Here's the <laughs> pressure. It's like, oh, what's their map? I'm
1: like, I'm. I'll, I'll map you. Shut up. I'm coming up to the ICU
0: right now.
1: You know, uh, map.
0: Need to know the never map. heard
1: of such a thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, okay. Those are your three numbers. Um, so there's actually some really cool correlations with your systolic over diastolic and your map. So first off, your systolic is kind of, you can think of it as a direct correlation with your cardiac output, yep. right? It's the big, you know, compression of that ventricle and everything, how much blood is being ejected out of there. And it's giving you that certain pressure amount. And right specifically how much they, they say not specific it's
1: not specific because it's a rough measurement but that stroke volume correlates with your systolic
0: right you can, not, systolic yeah. stroke volume systolic stroke volume yeah. in right. your head right which we're going to come back to in a little bit about when we talk about some narrowing pulse pressures and all that kind of stuff because it makes a lot of sense okay yep. then the other one that we're talking about is diastolic pressure okay and your diastolic pressure is going to be an indirect correlation with your afterload or essentially your SVR, and all those numbers. So if you're, and we're going to go and talk about those in a little more detail, but when your you know, SVR is super low, then your diastolic can be super low yeah. as well. Or, you know, in a patient that's you know, bleeding out and everything... And, you know, their afterload is that, you know, that pressure that's having to overcome, but, you know, maybe they're not able to compensate anymore with clamping down or they're losing volume and everything, that diastolic will keep on going down, but then also their, you know, cardiac output will be going down and and all that kind of stuff. So definitely some interesting stuff, what's correlating between your systolic and diastolic. And then your... And if you think about those numbers just as real
1: things, so your systolic is your stroke volume, so it's the amount of blood that's being pumped into your diastolic, which is your afterload or your or your resistance, your SVR. And that number, it's like this amount of fluid is being pumped into this amount of resistance. Well, what pressure, what's the pressure that's happening when that, uh, when that happens, I'm going to take this water and I'm going to shove it into this tube. What's my pressure rating basically, right? That's blood pressure. That is your blood pressure.
0: But where's the basketball there's in
1: this no situation? <laughs> I, I left the basketball out this time. I, but it's... Oh, I'm all flustered now. There's no basketball. Okay, okay. Thank goodness. Fun. Thank goodness. I'm leaving oh. the basketball out. I have a, a pipe and there's fluid. But it, but it kind of makes sense. You've got the um, um, amount of fluid being pumped into a tube. That is your blood pressure, stroke right. volume pumped into your afterload or your SVR, blood right.
0: pressure. Cool. And so based off of a systolic and our diastolic, how can we get a, a map? And it's funny, yeah, because you exactly tell I mean, there's a way to do that. You take your two numbers and you do this right. and you do yeah. that. So you're just taking your systolic blood pressure and then you're going to uh, multiply it by your diastolic divided by two. Or sorry, by three. Right. right? right. And that gives you an you know, approximate your map. Right, most, it, and most, like, you know, cuffs and everything will end up, uh, you know, they'll, they'll show you that anyways. But if you didn't have it for whatever reason, that's how you can calculate
1: Right. It, it's actually two times the diastolic. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, that's okay. Ah, so, yeah, no, yeah, it's okay. No, yeah. it's It's kind of confusing. But basically, yeah. you, get your, you get your systolic. You add that to two times the diastolic. So your, right. your systolic is, is, you know, 120. And then you add it to two times the diastolic. Let's say it's 80. So it's 120 plus 160. You take that, that number, whatever it is, you divide it by three. And that will give you a mean arterial pressure or a MAP. And so, again, uh, my whole life, it's like, well, we have these other numbers. I know my systolic, I know my diastolic, and I can get my map. Here's the, here's the mind-blowing part. When your cuff or your art line is actually reading blood pressures, it's actually reading the map and then calculating the systolic and diastolic. Oh! oh! <laughs> oh! What? I know, I know. What? Bomb drop. Wait, you, you, just, you need to say that again. Okay. Reel them back in with that. Okay. Basically, the cuff is reading the map and then calculating your systolic and your diastolic. Your cuff or your art line is finding the mean arterial pressure. It's finding a number, and that's mm-hmm. and that's red. And then it uses an equation to calculate your systolic and diastolic. Why do you think the doctor hung up on you when you're, you know? Because he's sitting there thinking, well, their map is fine. That's the most accurate number. That's the number that the cuff is reading. The cuff is reading the mean arterial pressure. And then, well, maybe the equation's off, or maybe they're moving yeah. their arm and they're, those, you know, the, your higher numbers and lower numbers are a little bit off. Okay, but their mean arterial pressure, the number I, I need to trust.
0: Is correct. He's getting back right. to his golf game. That's yep. so interesting because when a cuff, like you know, when we're when we're using a cuff, we're listening to Kordakoff sounds, right? But when a cuff is just automated and you know doing it and stuff, it's not listening for the Kordakoff sounds. It's listening and feeling those oscill- or the oscillations or whatever, and exactly. that and the oscillations are most accurate around the map pressure. Exactly. And the the example that was
1: used in the spot we're reading it was basically saying it's like a guitar string being plucked, and you can think about it. I mean. It's, wow. it's those sound waves. It's, those, it's funny because it's those sound waves and those pressure waves of a guitar string being plucked. They start out quiet. They get louder and louder and louder. And then they get quiet and quiet again, almost like a like a pyramid. You can think about it. Like mm. they start out quiet. They get louder, louder, louder. At that loudest point, that's your mean arterial pressure. So it's that wow. highest amount of pressure, those pressure waves, those oscillations. They're called oscillations. That's where you get your mean arterial pressure. And then it calculates... And it does sense like a decrease in the oscillations or an increase, and that's it's getting that wide wave. But then it calculates your systolic and your diastolic. But the mean arterial pressure—that's a number.
0: Wow. Yeah, I that's know. a no- dude. That's your Crazy. best analogy you've <laughs> ever had. No, yeah, was- plucking guitar strings over here with <laughs> Ben Medina. <laughs>
1: Yeah, all right. Quite the musician, homeschooler. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, right. you, you, yeah, get so you get those. If you get those, the you understand the oscillations. You understand you're looking at the map specifically. Yeah. Wow, that's sweet. That's really good. So we can put a lot of weight in the map. You can put really can. You, you, the, the map is the number you're looking at, and mm. and tell them about that, like the shortcut. It kind of makes sense with the.
0: Um, oh yeah, yeah. So when you're coding uh, someone. Yeah, another thing we can kind of you know talk about whenever we're, we whenever we're coding someone. Right, where are we feeling for pulses? There's different pulse points. We're not going to feel pedal pulses, right? Right, like, the oh, noob, the all right, noob. Always, check yeah. for a pulse. You know, and you got, you know, the resident up at the karate. You got your charge nurse down at the fem. And then the, you know, the orientee is like, well, I'll check for a pedal pulse. Yeah. yeah. They're like, like, I got a pulse. I was like, I don't got one. I don't have a pedal pulse. I don't have a pedal pulse. I don't have, have a, a pedal pulse. Like, the chest. They're like, no, we have one up here. You know, it is defense because... The pressure isn't going to be the same at the pedal pulses as it is at the carotid. Right. And there's, a way to, and there's a way to estimate that. Right. So generally, you won't be able to feel a pulse at the carotid if it's any less than 60. Nice. S- you know, a yep. 60, or 60 systolic, right? Correct. Right. So even at that point, right, if you know, you're done coding someone, they're going to be hypotensive, but you're not really going to be able to adequately feel a pulse- you know, even if their pressure comes back, they get you know they have ROSC, but if the ROSC is less than sixty, it might be very difficult to feel it, and, and then followed by you know, femoral pulse. You won't be able to feel it unless it's more than seventy millimeters of mercury, and then a radial eighty, and then and that and that number. Most people don't have pedal pulses, so. right,
1: right? That number is the is the systolic number being. Um, just approximated it's not an exact science Uh, the the two different books we read we read it it, both places said this isn't an exact science but it's maybe something to just kind of be aware of but it makes sense if you think about it as a systolic and we know that systolic is stroke volume or is that cardiac output you're feeling that amount of cardiac output directly correlated to a number of course you're not going to feel cardiac output in the feet but you might feel it a little closer to
0: right Right. And and really this concept says, hey, if you're coding someone, you want to feel, okay, go to a pulse point, go to the carotid or femoral, yep. you know, and that's just, that kind of goes without saying, so, but very interesting concepts, yep. pretty, pretty cool. Love it. So um, we're actually going to talk a little bit about um, pulse pressure now. So, pulse pressure is going to be a, the difference between your systolic and your diastolic pressures. Nice. All right. And you always say, oh, the, you know, the person, you know, the very uh, like veteran nurse will come and be like, oh, they're getting that widening in the pulse pressure. Yeah. Down to the trauma, but, oh, they got the narrowed pulse pressure. And you're just yep. like, I was gonna get a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. I'm
1: feeling down Ben. Yeah. I'm always thirsty. Whenever I don't know any anything, I get thirsty. <laughs> I, get really, I get really a dry mouth, you know, really dry tongue. Whenever I'm thirsty.
0: Yeah, whenever I don't know what's going, response on. going yeah, on. I'm thirsty. Very I don't know what's nervous. going on. Yeah.
1: So it's true, but and that, that that pulse pressure actually tells can tell a lot about uh what 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 is going on. Um and knowing that we know. Systolic is stroke volume, diastolic is that afterload or that SVR. If the pulse pressure is narrowing, so a narrow pulse pressure, and specifically when they talk about this, they'll talk about um, the systolic going down. Keep that in your head. When they talk about narrow pulse pressure, usually they're saying the systolic is going down. They're not talking about the diastolic going up, usually. So when they when a trauma comes in, the first pressure was 120 over 80. Now the medic pulls up and their pressure is ninety-seven over eighty-two. That's usually the type of narrowing you're gonna see with a bleed. It, wow. It's you're gonna see Oof. it with you know, you're gonna you're gonna see it with a decrease in just intravascular volume. They're dehydrated you'll see that na- they'll talk about like a narrow pulse pressure that's on the CCRN it's on the CEN they'll talk right. about the yeah, narrow yeah, pulse yeah, pressure but it. they're talking about very very specifically that decrease in systolic which equals dude
0: yeah a decrease in stroke dude. volume yeah, so it, you're even you know in thinking about it, it you cardiac output, right? right? So right. you're saying, hey, you know, they're not having any more circulating volume, less preload, less sterling loss. Right, less sterling loss. Cardiac right. output and all that stuff, right? Sysolic so, drops, wow. narrow pulse pressure. Dude. So that's the one. Also, well there was oh, go I'm gonna touch more one more thing on that. I literally yeah. just thought of now we didn't even talk about this. You think of someone who's having um, you know, a t- tamponade, a cardiac tamponade. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, and they totally. say one of the yeah. things is a narrowing pulse pressure. It's textbook. Oh, yeah. Why? Oh, because with cardiac tamponade, everyone knows they have a decrease in cardiac output. Narrow pulse right? pressure. Yep. Narrow pulse pressure because the stroke uh, drop volume in drops. Systolic, which correlates, uh, correlates yeah. with cardiac output, which correlates with your patient dying. <laughs> so, a, yeah, exactly. And, and that, you'll see that narrowing pulse pressure. You'll
1: see it with the traumas. You'll see it with the cardi- decreased wow. cardiac output. you tamponade. You'll see it. I mean, you'll see it with... You know, uh, they'll even talk a little bit about like attention pneumo.
0: You'll yeah, see exactly. It, decrease
1: cardiac yeah, like, output. output totally. Narrowing pulse pressure, systolic. Wow. Okay, so,
0: man. That got me all hyped up. <laughs> all. I'm
1: sweating now. So, that, <laughs> so that's a, that's a narrowing pulse pressure. Tell them about a wide pulse pressure. So Ooh. your systolic and diastolic <laughs> are now farther apart. But specifically with this one, for the most part, again, This is for the most part. You there. you're I shouldn't say that. you you'll, you'll I think you'll see more. Questions or concepts correlate with the systolic going up, mm-hmm. then
0: a diastolic going down, but... Right. Let's well, mention both of them. Yes. Okay, so where we see a widening pulse pressure, and again, that's that veteran nurse giving you a report, ah, the pressure was, you know, 120 over 80, now we're 130 over 50. Thirty, nice. <laughs> you yep. know, like widening pulse pressure. Systolic. Good luck today. <laughs>
1: and systolic went up, maybe went up a little bit. Stroke yeah. volume's up a little bit, maybe they're a little tachycardic, but that
0: diastolic went way down. Right. Yeah. So very interesting. So when you're looking at this, when you can say a widening pulse pressure, when there's a big drop in diastolic. Now, what do we say diastolic correlates with? Stroke volume or uh, afterload? Afterload, SVR. right? Afterload, SBR. Vo- you can even think of it as like almost like a, I don't know, you know, want to say volume, but peripherally you know how big is the vessel how big is the pipe sepsis exactly You think of a big pipe that's vasodilating and everything decreasing blood pressure all that jazz widening pulse pressure nice oftentimes and svr
1: so and just for your own t- svr is like what eight to 1200 right and you and that's a classic like swan question or they talk about like just just knowing that svr you'll a septic patient will be um yeah you know, svr will be like 400 Right, 450.
0: Yeah, so and a wide pulse pressure, decreased diastolic. Yeah, very interesting.
1: If you see a systolic that goes way, 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 way up, diastolic stays the same, or maybe variates a little bit, but that's the same. It's a wide pulse pressure. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a wide pulse pressure that is actually textbook for the triad. Yeah, the tri- cushy triad. And it's the increased triad. increased yeah. increased intracranial pressure.
0: Yeah, um, so that's something you, you see that with the herniating patients, those like you know. You know, traumatic brain injuries, anoxic brain injury, whatever. You'll start to see that Cushing's triad, and you can see that widening pulse pressure, the bradycardia, and yep. the abnormal respirations. Yep, absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that that is Cushing's triad. It's just that, that uh, those three those three symptoms. But specifically, that uh, wide pulse pressure. You'll see you'll see two yeah. hundreds over seventies, and you know, two hundred
0: and ten over fifty. Right. Wide yeah. pulse pressure. Wide wide pulse pressure. So. Talking about blood pressure, you cannot go an episode without talking about A-lines. A-lines, Damn. oh yeah. Well, Honestly, it's my favorite like uh, monitoring piece of equipment, more so than a SWAN, more so than you know CVP monitoring, whatever, An A-line, you just get so much information off of, you can draw your labs off, you can get ABGs, titrate your, pre- all this stuff, right? Yeah. Super, w- super good. When do, we, when do we need a an R-line? All the time, every <laughs> every, every single patient.
1: No, there's actually specific indications for this. We're pulling this I from do. the Book of Secrets. Um, there's people that it's 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 indicated for, and you. I've heard RT. I've heard Tim specifically be like, "I'm not drawing any more of these gases, man. They're gonna have to put in an art line." And all I can think, you know, is Tim, be quiet and go get more. You know, stop complaining. Stop <laughs> complaining. I'm going to go no. get a Coke. You're going to go and get those gases. Yeah, <laughs> dude, stop complaining. You know, if they need an IV, I do an IV. If they need an art, you, you go do the gas, man. Just stop. You know, don't be lazy. But I digress. Tim is actually correct. Dude, no, he's, so there, he's looking out for the patient. He's going out for the patient. So yeah. here, let me go over the specific, uh, the specific situations where an art line is, is indicated. These are from the Book of Secrets. One, cardiovascular instability. Mm. Two, need for continuous infusions of titratious medications, which makes sense. Okay, mm. so, oh, they're on Levo. Well, how much are they on? Well, they're on two. Fine, we'll probably come off in a little bit. Oh, well, they're on 15, a Levo, and we're not going anywhere. They need an art line. Yeah. They're going to need this Levo for a while. They need an art line. Uh, any sort of clinical situations at risk for significant blood loss or fluid loss, so anybody who's actively bleeding... Potential for active bleeding. They're going to need the art line. Surgery, right? Surgery, Surgery. All, yeah. You know, all come out big cases will they come out. The, was, it, you know, was it just for oh, the – was it just for – oh, it's just because they felt like it? Probably not. It's, it, they're, they're following these indications. Significant blood loss or the invasive monitoring needed for continuous infusion like yeah. nitro yeah. or, you know, neosnephrine or phenylephrine. Pre-existing cardiovascular disease, valvular disease, and basically anything where the cuff may be inaccurate – so if we're not getting an accurate reading, we're going to need an art line to give us that accurate reading because it's invasive. Times. Yeah, and they, they will like oh we just can't get a cup pressure, put an art line it bilateral fistula, whatever the totally case may be. yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last one is actually a need for frequent blood samples, aka arterial blood gases, and this oh, is straight from right, the book. It's, I know it says. <laughs> Arterial blood gases. Dude, so that's from the
0: book, sense. that's textbook. It does make sense. You don't be, yeah. You don't you want to be poking that same artery over and over and over again. You poke it once, once and you can get all your labs from exactly. And
1: obviously, there's, you know, there's always a risk for infection and this and that. And I, I gotta say it because I gotta say because of Dave. I'm gonna <laughs> call him out, Dave. You know, I gotta, but, but, Dude, but a relative,
0: They always say a relatively low risk of infection because it's such a high pressure system.
1: True, right? That that, is oh, hard that's hard for true. bacteria that's growth true. to go in there. But so you still, it's an invasive line. You know? Invasive yeah. You gotta think about that. You gotta think about the potential for clots. You gotta Dude, think about this. So there's always risk. But, and,
0: and the potential of like losing a limb. If You need to do the proper like Allen's says all the jazz. Right, and yeah. Also, if it comes out, people can bleed out. The true, die because true. of that.
1: So, so there's always a risk. But yeah. just remember that it's probably th- these are when it's indicated, and a lot of times the indications outweigh the risks. Right. So so you have that art line. You're looking at it. You f- you get it in. It looks yeah, it looks good. Yeah, right. that, that art line looks good. Your pressure's there, and the doc will come back. Huh? Ah, looks a little whippy. All right, I'm going back to the lounge. You know, you're like whippy. What? what? Need put, I, just, me. I just, yeah, I know. I just zeroed <laughs> I just, this. one forty. <laughs> I just zeroed this thing for an hour.
0: What do you mean? So, we're let's talk about that. Okay, yeah. So a good waveform. There's, um, speci- there's one specific. There's um, part of a waveform that you'll see on a radial a line, and that's your dichrotic notch. oh you always know, see people talk about that. So you have, you know, you think about it. That first, you know, systole of the heart, big cardiac output has the increase on the waveform and everything nice you know not too peaked it's a nice little rounded top and then there'll be that one little like notch in it the dichrotic notch
1: dichrotic notch and be very careful when you say that dichrotic notch high risk for a freudian slip there (laughs) i actually heard in report one time it described as the dinotic crotch (laughs) don't be the guy that calls it a a dinotic crotch um (laughs) I'm actually not going to call it person out. I just, just going to let that ride. But it was, yeah, oh, you notice over here the dinotic crotch. Like, I'm not looking at any... Sort, I'm not looking at any crotches, man. You know what I'm saying? So, remember, di- it's the yeah, okay. dichrotic notch. It's very enunciate, clear. Okay. Good. So, what is...
0: What is the crotch core like? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Talk about this notch. Talk
0: about the yeah. notch, Andrew. So Basically, that um, notch is going to be the closure of the aortic valve. Okay? And you know how it kind of pops up just a little bit? With that closure of the aortic valve, there's a little bit of a transient slight increase in that afterload, you know, pressure in there. And you'll see a slight little increase. And then... You know, without your heart pumping, obviously your blood pressure just goes right to zero. You know, right. if if it's not continuing to pump, so it go you know big systole, then a little you know diastole, um, you know aortic valve closure and everything, and then it kind of fades out a little amount of back pressure. Right, yeah. exactly. So that's um, kind of the big stuff that you're looking for. Then obviously you can look at a waveform, seeing if there's a lot of like artifact and whip as what they'll see and everything on there, or either a non-prominent dichrotic notch or like several weird, you know, just notches or artifact in it, then, you know, you use all that information to see is this an accurate A-line, you know, or should we go off of these these numbers? Because often when, you know, there's a lot of artifacts and everything, that's when you'll be saying, hey, it's probably going to be reading a little bit high or low, and can we trust it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep, so yeah. let's go right into this one. Everyone loves coming in and saying like, oh, well, the A-line still has some whip in it or, you know, it's a little oh, – it's too dampened or whatever. You know, we're not really going – we're going off the cuff, yeah, right? They always we're... like to say that. Oh, yeah, we're going but, off the cuff. But what's the difference between a underdampened and an overdampened A-line? Can you just tell that – can you tell uh, the difference between those just by looking at the A-line?
1: Definitely. It's, and it's, it's it kind of the it's, – well, it's the amount of whip or really the, amount, the number of oscillations you see on your reading. Right. Especially after you do your square waveform test, which is you you pull on the you pull on the little uh, rubber valve, mm-hmm. it makes it go flat. It's basically instilling fluid into the artery, and then you let go, and there's a little wiggle. And right, you want oscillations, oscillations. You want one to two. It's that guitar string again. It's 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 the exact same principle as a guitar string, which is that little wiggle, and you want one to two. Right, one to so two. So
0: if there's more than one to two, we're going to be under dampened. And, give, and there's a risk of it reading a little bit too high, right? A lot of squigglies after the square waveform test. An over-dampened one is very easy to tell. This is where you're going to have trouble drawing off of it sometimes or even flushing it. It has a difficulty. If you're able to do your square waveform test, you're pulling it and you let go of it, it won't have any oscillations. It will just fade back into a, um those waveforms. Right. It'll- As it um, over-dampened or dampened. Um, waveform
1: you can think of dampening and this is from the book it says dampening is a measurement which reflects the system's resistance to oscillation so if the system is resisting oscillation it's resisting the the the, wib- the wiggles the wiggles you're not going to have any wiggles over dampened but if it's over sensitive to the oscillations you'll have Underdamped and it'll be over wiggly basically
0: right and all those wiggles correlate to your map which are then calculated to your systolic and diastolic right exactly right.
1: exactly and you can t- you, it, it, super super side note but it's funny it's funny when people say like ah though i heard it a couple of times but the, oh the well the, the cuff this is not right and the a-line's reading this cuff's reading this but oh but the maps correlate so we're good right that's oh, because yeah, yeah. that the cuff is reading the map or right. line's looking at the map maybe the equations are different between the two systems but just remembering well the map is a direct reading of the oscillation in the, oh, and people move their arm around and, oh, mm-hmm. well, oh, why, why is it not accurate? It's those oscillations. Right. Just remember that oscillation. Okay, well, the whip is the oscillation, the art line, it's all about oscillations. Right, so.
0: right. I see you guys can hear some what they're talking oh, about. Man, man. Boy, man. I all right. I so, hate them. also with an A line, one of the biggest and most important things to make it even accurate or useful. Is zeroing it. Zeroing it. Right. Exactly. And so what do we zero it to? And do, uh, it, we, it's the flebostatic access.
1: Um, you, you find it you know, somewhere under their armpit or whatever and yeah. you strap it on there. You pop the top off. You know, it's you're, you're part of every – you pull a little bit of the water out. You hit the zero button. You pop the cap back on. You go back to your assessment and then, yeah, then you go back to your desk. Right. Uh, and how important <laughs> is it really? It, it, it is so <laughs> important. So important. Dude, I, it, won't be, I, I, it won't be accurate at all. Watching the cardiologists come and zero the art line or zeroing the swan, they'll just literally spend 15 minutes
0: flicking at
1: it, pulling Dude. this. Like, yeah, look, what he's is like
0: this? down on his hands and knees looking yeah. at it. Okay, is this correlating with that yeah. You don't have a laser? Do Why do you have a laser on this thing? Yeah, I see, yeah,
1: they'll bring a ruler out and like line it up exactly... But it, it just they shows it, they want accurate numbers. It shows yeah. the more. You see you see you see how long the doctors take to zero these things versus how we do. I think just taking an extra two minutes just making sure yes it lines up, yes it's at the right spot, yes it's empty. My bag is still full. There's no air bubbles in there. Um, always taking a look at the bag that it's hanging from. We had a nurse the other day catch a bag that actually wasn't. It was mannitol, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Instead of normal saline,
1: yeah, and it was he. It, it it wasn't actually infusing; it was just sitting there hung, and um, I, I don't we don't know where the you know where the issue was, but it was just it was probably right. Always something to be aware of. Just something to be aware of. Just grabbing the yeah, looking at the bag. You see the bag. You burp the bag. You burp the bag. You love the bag. You love the bag. bag. Yeah. spike the bag. Just check them all. Look, take a look at that. Take a look
0: at your tubing. Um, so cool. Yeah. So once you get it all at the right level, that phlebostatic axis. You're good. You don't have to worry about it anymore, right? You've zeroed it, and it's, it stays there. You're good. But Ben, tell me a story that really kind of got you out of your oh, seat, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Was, well, I was, you know, was just – yeah, I mean, okay. So it was more – it
1: was just more me as an idiot. But basically, <laughs> uh, it was it was just – you know I was titrating uh, blood pressures, and the, the, I had already zeroed it. and Being the textbook, uh, the textbook blue scrub guy that I am, I had zeroed it multiple times and this, that, and the other. Um, but – Uh, We didn't have any, uh, we didn't have any cuffs, uh, no cuffs to, no cuffs to use the leg strap from the Foley. And so I had taped it to their arm very carefully and I had zeroed multiple times in the stand. Well, at one point I had seen, um, I had seen their blood pressure uh, and it was reading fine. And at one point it, it actually went. Up a little bit, so I went in there and, and came off the nitro, and everything was perfect. Everything's fine. Nice. So was, yeah. So the bald man the, comes the, around. <laughs> and he's like, "Good work, Ben. Yeah, everything's <laughs> fine, perfect." So then I, I was given a report, and in the, the, the pressure again was it was perfect. It was hundreds over seventies, and uh, I gave the report, and I was at the bedside giving textbook report, and the nurse said, "Oh, hey, look, your um, your things hanging." So I looked down, and they're they're on the side of the bed. Uh, the it was the, it was the transducer but it was also it, i think it had gotten uh, hung over by the um, the vamp so the vamp had fallen off and had kind of tugged on it oh. and so my transducer had slipped off their arm fallen probably 4 inches off the side of the bed it's like oh no well let me just put that back up there i put it back up there and look at the pl- pressure pressure's in the 80s oh yeah. pressure's in the 80s. it was yeah. embarrassing for me uh the, but more importantly just like i mean the, the blood pressure needed to be titrated differently I had to come off the nitrate more i had to do this i had to do that
0: wow. um yeah so interesting uh, so if you're moving it based off of where you've zeroed it if if the transducer goes above the flebostatic axis your blood pressure on the a-line will be reading falsely low correct right so yeah so if that if that uh, transducer is too low It'll, well,
1: well or if it's too high, it'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's too high, it'll give you a false reading. And this has to do with millimeters of mercury and right. uh, atmospheric pressure and whatever. But basically, keeping it right there. And right. anytime the patient moves, you re-zero it. Right. Or which, they're sitting up versus they sit, down. Exactly, you yeah. re-zero it. So it makes sense. Well, you okay? So this is sitting. Maybe it's sitting a little too high. Their their blood pressure is going to read a little bit low. But the more important one is the one it you know it falls it Dude, falls off. It just hit
0: me again, man. Whenever we get our patients up to have an A line, they're like, oh, their pressure dropped. Oh, so yeah. They stood up four feet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Totally. Yeah, that, zero, a like get a Get it Back yep, down. Exactly. And
1: all that. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah so Just that, keep an eye yeah. on it where where it's sitting. But any movements or whatever. Right. And we the one sentence in here said like what's the said what's the biggest discrepancy or the biggest issue between a cuff and an art line? The biggest discrepancy was inaccurate zeroing and and placement. Right. So, uh, not just remembering it's maybe more operator error than anything of like, Oh, we're getting these weird pressures. We'll make sure all your equipment is where it's supposed to be and lined up where it's supposed to be.
0: Right. And not assuming that you did everything right, but just taking another look at everything. Cool. Dude. And then we'll wrap it up real quick. with This last concept and with blood pressure, you can't go without saying that you take a blood pressure on someone's left arm and then you move over to the right arm and there's a difference of, I don't know say like 20 or 30 millimeters of mercury. Right. And everybody always thinks, um,
1: uh, what's what the aortic dissection it's like yeah, the oh, classic yeah, on, the, yeah, yeah. on the test it always says like oh well there's a big difference comes in, these hypertensive he's this that and then there's a bigger point 20 point difference Ripping, rip- yeah <laughs> oh yeah what, what, oh and you all oh, right away you're thinking about oh, like widening media on the chest x-ray and blah blah, blah and dissecting your aortic aneurysm but are there other reasons
0: for a discrepancy that are not as um emergent yes right no absolutely so one time uh, i'll tell you a quick story i had a post-op uh carotid uh endorectomy where they went in, you know, open up the carotid Play. you You've listened to those podcasts before. I had a um, cuff and an A-line on the right side, okay? Zeroed my A-line. They're not correlating perfectly and stuff, but it's like, it's okay. But I'm just like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and get bilateral manual blood pressure cuff, you know, just to kind of see how we're doing. So I take the cuff from the right arm and I put it on the left arm. So on the right arm where the A-line's at, I'm having 130s, 140s systolic blood pressures, Right? Maps of 80s. That's what you'd be talking map. about. Well,
1: what's the map? What's
0: the map? Okay. And then I move my cuff to my left arm. I'm in the 80s, Ooh. systolic. Ooh. I retake it, 70s. Ooh. I do a manual where I'm listening to the Corticoff sounds. <laughs> 80. Ooh. And I'm on nitro and all of a sudden am trying to keep their blood pressure down. But I'm like, hey, if my A-line isn't accurate and it's actually that high, but what if they're, you know, what if the cuff is more accurate in this case and I'm, you know, keeping them too hypotensive? It seems to be a thing with us anyways, right? Yep, yep, yep. So um, it got me really concerned. And plus it was on the side of the operation. I was like, I don't know if something got split or what or clamped or, you know, it was, we're having a decrease in blood pressure. But I call uh, our surgeon and it's like, hey, here's what I'm doing. These are my numbers. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll be over. And I'm like sweating bullets. I'm like looking for oh, yeah. hematomas forming, that like you know their pulses distally, making sure they're okay. It was and, pretty asymptomatic. Yeah, he, uh, oh, totally the asymptomatic. Was, the patient was look, right. no back, hey, no was nothing. Fine. Yeah, you know, all this stuff. He says, or you know, he comes over, he looks at him like, oh, okay. Goes out to the computer and he says. Hey, Petey, come over here and look at this. Yep, he pulls out the CT angio with contrast and everything where he can see all of the vascular of the pac- patient. He says, what do you think of that? He points right at their left subclavian artery, almost completely stenosed.
1: Yeah, and the, and the, the resident looked at it and was like, let me get us. Your blood pressure's off. You like cad, yeah. you know and then they and then they like chuckled
0: and walked back to the lounge right so I was like know, okay so I guess we're going <laughs> off the right arm but that's one of the biggest uh you know things that will you know pre- pre- are present in a difference between left and right arm blood pressures is subclavian artery stenosis yeah that was
1: the one yeah. that came up is it was great that Andrew actually had that experience with it but in the book it says the biggest the most common cause for these discrepancies is subclavian stenosis and so not to not to take not to discredit anything you see but again just the more you know the less you fear and knowing okay yes it could be right. a triple a but it all because it could be a little subclavian stenosis stenosis, stenosis
0: so, don't worry yeah. about it yeah oh one last thing super quick Can't talk about an A-line without talking about pulsus paradoxus as well. Oh, yeah, and that's, yeah. Yeah, so you have your A-line, you're watching them breathe. They're having, you know, possibly some tamponade, tension pneumo, whatever – their breathing, increase in intra, um, you know, thoracic pressure, increasing pressure on the heart, decrease, you know, venous return, decrease cardiac output. With their respirations, you'll see transient decreases in their, um, in their blood pressure on their A-line, which is very interesting to see. Test
1: question. And you'll see it in real life too. Whenever they're potentially tamponade, you may also see it with, uh, with a tension pneumo, tension, yep. but just an increase in intrathoracic yeah. pressure will, during breathing will cause that. But you'll see a bloop and then a smaller bloop and then a bloop right. and then a smaller <laughs> bloop. Yeah, so. it's like a
0: whole waveform that is going on. It's, you can correlate with the – you can count the respirations off the A-line if you yep. want. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're so. still going to write 18. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're always, 18.
0: always so. 18. Yeah, so that's blood pressure. That is blood pressure. Yeah, yeah I hope it. that was insightful and that will help you guys take better care of your patients. And just keep it on and, that map. Yeah. Oscillations in that map. I'm the map, I'm map the map, I'm, I'm the, the map. map, I'm the map. Two male nurses expressly disclaims any liability in association with this podcast.